Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode nine of the podcast and Andy has just returned from a holiday in France so we thought this would be a great time to just chat about coming back into your training and nutrition regime after a holiday kind of yeah just do's and don'ts really some tips I know we've chatted about training on holiday before but always I think a good subject to talk about and just yeah, the importance of, of rest as well. It's almost like a deload and just how that's going to affect your strength, your performance, your body composition, all of that. So yeah, Andy, welcome back from France. Yeah, and yeah, I hope you had a really bonjour. great time. Yeah, bonjour. Did bonjour, you bring us... <laughs> Where are our croissants? Croissant. Actually, I had to... We saved some croissants for a couple of days, and I had I forgot my room uh, cooler bag, and I was where was I? I was on was I on a ferry yesterday. I was on a ferry. It was very flattened croissants. <laughs> yeah, it was right. yeah. Um, but yeah, French cooking is like a, a patisserie. You know, made sure we had plenty of little, you know, at least something a day, like you know, bakery patisserie stuff. We'd often go to the local laundry and patisserie to get, you know. Bread. I've still got some um, pre pre baked that you have to finish off in the oven. Yeah. French baguettes here somewhere. Oh, nice. I made it back because, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. You know, we travelled Normandy. Love it, Normandy. Um, well, Normandy and sort of Brittany, you know, with some Marlowe. But we went to, um, yeah, we, so we crossed from Portsmouth to Ken, which was a five hour ferry crossing. Had a cabin, so that was nice, so we got some sleep. Crossed over and then went to Normandy, which is great. It's just like being in southern England, really. You know, cider's a thing. I grew up around cider, so... But unlike we have pints of cider where it's 5% upwards, it's like anywhere, like French cider is like 2 to at most 5% and you, you get it in wine glasses. So that's nice, I can drink and barely actually have any alcohol really at all for me. Yeah. You know, I realised a bottle, when we were sharing a bottle of cider, being, you know, I wasn't even having a pint of cider. Yeah. yeah it's not like, you know, at, if I went down home and went to the rugby club, I would probably have, <laughs> just, you know, one pint at least probably every half hour. Which is always, yeah, extra calories. So that's, you know, if I was on a social event there. But, yeah, so that was nice, you know, a little bit, you know, um, you know, especially after our alcohol podcast. Yeah. I do save it, like, you know, I do yeah. save it for, like, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm not into lots of drinking. We have, you know, bottle of wine over the evening, you know, one in France and all that. Um, but, yeah, generally very active trip. So as I can be with... Um, bad knees, but um, we went to a place called Mont Saint-Michel, which is a big sort of monastery, abbey thing on a, built on a granite rock in the, a bay, oh, wow. and it's like an old, sort of, almost like a medieval town, 
to yeah. the spirals around the rock and you keep walking up into different like buildings and you get to the top where the main church is wow. and walk around that so yeah that was good really steep um, beautiful though um, so we walked rather than get the shuttle bus we parked and walked the two kilometres but slowly you know mm. lots of breaks on my knee yeah. and then just chill see you know there was lots of people walking dogs so it was quite nice to, to see dogs yeah um, and then yeah, so eventually got there, and, and you know, lots of rest, walked up, um, and that and stuff. But yeah, so then you know, then we walked around St Malo on one day, and you know, there's also you know the wall graves and things like that. You know, we went and tied up some of the uh, Commonwealth Cemetery over in Normandy, which is in Bayer. So that was, that was nice. Um, yeah, so lots of act. It was a very active, active holiday like you know we were initially camping because Kaya was meant to be coming but then she didn't get a passport renewed in time you know because having a Kenyan passport trying to renew mm. British passport caused extra issues because the fact that a Kenyan passport was out of date and in Kenya and we had to get it shipped over and oh, it's just a headache yeah anyway She's got that passport back now. So we were obviously meant to go a year at Disney. Instead, we, you know, and we stayed in a nice chalet on a, a camp, you know, very family friendly camp that kind of loved. But the place, you know, the accommodation was great. Um, near Euro Disney, but we didn't go to Euro Disney. Instead, we went for a walk by a river and picnic and sunbathing by a river, which was nice. We were thinking about going into Paris on the train, but we were like, you know, enjoy the sunshine here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as I said, active food, but not excessively. Um, lots of things like on the coast, we're in Normandy, mussels and seafood and steaks. And I had uh, a sausage made of intestines, which was quite nice. Mm. So it's duck and pork intestines. So I. Yeah, that was quite tasty. Yeah. I knew what it was as soon as I bit into it. I didn't know what it was when I ordered it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds like I don't, you know, I know certain French words. I was like, oh, that's got duck and pork in it. Okay, I'll get that. And I was like, I bit into this sort of big thick sausage. I was like, hmm. oh, that looks like intestines. <laughs> like rock cut, into, not minced or yeah. anything. But I was like, that's tasty enough. Nothing really phases me. That's yeah. sort of thing. So I ate it. And it, yeah. Um, so, you know, things like that, yeah, and we, of course, had to have a crepe before we left, so we only had one crepe the whole time, you know, you can't go to France without having a crepe, um, but yeah, <laughs> so as I said, very active, through a little bit of drinking, but not too much, not excessively, maybe, again, not ideal, because it was probably every day, but mm. just like a couple of glasses, but... It's holiday, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. Um, but drinking... Lots of fluids throughout the day. So yeah, very nice. Yeah, have the car. I was driving. Yeah, I saw the wrong side of the road driving. So, oh, so. that I don't think I would be able to. to ah, see, you know, you think this, and I've driven in a few places on the wrong side. <laughs> I actually learned. I actually got my first driving license in Germany years ago. <laughs> so actually, you know, my first driving license was from driving on the wrong side of the road. And but the thing is. It's really easy when you pull out somewhere like the, the port 
you know, you come off a ferry because you just find a car in front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get onto a highway, which a highway's pretty much, you know, you're following the cars in front. You just got to remember that lane, those lanes for, you know, what well, the other way around. Coming those off, lanes yeah. for taking yeah. back, back right <laughs> and exit is. right. But, oh. yeah, it becomes relatively easy. Roundabouts then become a harder bit. Yes. <gasps> when you first come across the roundabout, because you've got to think, especially I was driving a UK car, so it meant traffic's coming from outside, so oh I've got my passenger that way. So, like, and Kat's got a really bad habit of when you reach a junction, she suddenly has to get something out of her bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just like, it's like instant, we're at a junction, you've got to suddenly now do something. Um, but... <clears throat> Yeah, so you could, um, but you're coming back actually, it was quite weird. I got so used to driving in France. I was like, all right, back in the UK, I'm going to <laughs> really think, I'm the same thing, thinking about roundabouts going, all right, they're coming now from. It's the opposite now. That way, I'm going the opposite, but yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, it was okay. Wow, that's, yeah. You... <laughs> I mean, before we started the podcast, you were saying how, like, the French, yeah. the French eating habits, which I think is interesting. Because, yeah. um, like you say, that not not many of them are, you know, overweight. Obese. They got low. They got relatively low levels of obesity. Yeah. We were we were looking actually because we were discussing it. It's like everyone seems quite skinny. Yeah. yeah. We were looking like all the fr- you could see like without like there was a lot of like where we were staying. There was lots of Dutch, German, mm. French, Belgian, and you could tell where people are from. You know, like the Dutch stand out a mile away. All about six foot tall. Yeah, they're people, all high. Blonde hair, <laughs> you know, and then the French, but the French all quite petite you know, you know probably up to definitely up to a certain age like all the women there's a few things you know so we, we, we decided to do some research on why that is and it's we've got low levels of obesity due to a few factors you know we don't eat a lot the main thing i realized is skip a lot like breakfast yeah. during the week especially you know maybe grab coffee and you know um and then like lunch is a bigger and dinners like family dinners and we eat relatively early so it's still a lot of activity to be had in the evening the other thing they smoke a lot mm. obviously nicotine is an appetite suppressant yeah so and that's probably why we smoke a lot it's like chicken and egg it's yeah. like i'm hungry so i'm gonna smoke um and yeah so that, yeah there's a lot of smoking um by the french but you know and generally speaking it was a yeah we, we don't you know, we skip, you know, skip a lot. We don't drink a lot, as in, we don't binge drink for French. Yeah, yeah. On the whole, you know, um, you know, drink occasionally, you know, with meals and stuff, and that's yeah. about it. You know, different culture, like, compared to, say, especially, you know, UK, where, you know, there's a lot more overweight people, you know, you go down to a pub on a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the evening, you'll see, like, you know, guys with their beer bellies and stuff smashing back yeah. 10, 15 pints of, mm. of lager. And all the calories, the liquid calories involved with that, as we discussed on the last podcast. But, you know, the French, yeah, the French, especially on the coast as well, you know, so you've got obviously the sort of Mediterranean, French Riviera side, the southern France side, a lot of, you know, fish as well, north coast, Normandy. Brittany, down to Calais, Dunkirk way, where there's this, you know, a lot of abundance of seafood. Seafood, yeah. Things yeah. like, um, yeah, as I said, one of the main meals I had was, you know, mussels, and it literally is a big, almost saucepan just for the mussels. Yum. And that's um, a meal. It's just and, protein. Yeah, it might have some, 
bit of butter there and some onions but you know that's it like you know that is pretty much all protein very you know butter adds a little bit of fat you might have it with moderate fat yeah (laughs) well that's the thing you might have it with french fries you know a lot of people do but generally you don't ever finish your fries because there's so many muscles and because protein satiating Mm. it's hard to eat anything else so um yeah so it was a bit uh so yeah, and then you know French coast, and then you know good ingredients generally. That's that's yeah. No, I was just gonna say because you know a lot of people who are who have gluten intolerances can actually tolerate gluten in Europe mm. because like the wheat and like you say the ingredients yeah. are, are better, higher quality. Which well yeah, and you go into a French supermarket like some of the big supermarkets. It's not like I go into a UK supermarket and you'll see lots of ready meals and stuff. Didn't see much of that. In front. There's uh, a little bit smaller sections of those sort of things, those sort of convenience. Yeah, there's McDonald's and Burger Kings and things. But not. But the you know, they're busy on the sort of motorways and things. Mm-hmm. People travelling. But generally speaking, I didn't see any in towns. You know, apart from maybe the bigger towns, bigger cities. You know, um, you know, these sort of small provincial towns don't have that. They have like a local butcher, a... baker. A little a little market shop thing where you know so there's a lot of that and i think that helps i think what you know in places especially like the uk has lost is big supermarkets move in and just pitch outside every town yeah yeah so you have a small town and outside there's a big supermarket mm-hmm. for you to travel to and every, convenience food it's easy and you see it the same happening in kenya nowadays with yeah the rise of convenience food and big shops and you know um you know fast food where before you were kind of limited by what you could buy locally yeah you know and therefore you know you could buy what was in season what was locally available and i think there's still a bit more of that in france as well so i think that plays a part too yeah and they're very sort of patriotic when it comes to like I say page but almost regionalistic when it comes to what food is available. Like I remember when we went down to Paris, I was trying to buy. You know, you can get cider on a a menu at a bar. You found something in a supermarket, a big supermarket, in a big car for, but Carrefour. you can't buy it. <sighs> yeah, you can't, you know, you can't buy it on thing. Unlike you know, Normandy, it's everywhere because it's from that region. It's from yeah. there. So wines. Yeah. So it's you know those sort of things. It's very regionalistic on what you can buy, what sort of meats are available, what their local delicacies are, what their local you know favoured foods. So I think that also helps. Yeah, which means a lot more home cooking, also pretty much. Yeah, and I did yeah. notice that around where we stayed camping, a lot of the chalets where the French people were, they would always cook every night. Mm. You know. People in the restaurant tend to be the sort of more sort of, you know, Brits, Dutch, some yeah. French, but a little bit lesser. You know, the French people tended to have bigger family sort of meals around the table at the chalets, which I think, you know, I've always been kind of a big fan of, you know, family meal time, but the connection. Um, yeah, it's I guess. Just hard. It's just hard in like our, in our lives to... <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone to be sitting around the table, I suppose. Yeah, I guess if you think about it, breakfast was where you first met in the morning as a family. And 
dinner is meant to be like where you tell each other you know, debrief yeah, the other day. catch up yeah, and yeah, that, you plan your day, your breakfast, you debrief at night. Yeah, and that that's well, that was the culture everywhere pretty much. So Yeah. It's uh, so it's I like And I think maybe it's something you've said which I don't know most people do, even you find in rural areas where people cook more, you know, harvest from their farms, cook a lot, they tend to eat together, whereas fast food is like we're in the same house but you have time to buy or in your... front of the TV, aren't you? <laughs> or even yeah. you buy your meal when you're from work or heading to work. Yeah. You know, someone else does their own, and especially especially when you don't have kids, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I look yeah. at people without kids, and have clients, and you go, "Okay, what's your diet like?" But people with kids have a slight different chat, especially in Kenya. As a lot of people get food made by mm-hmm. house staff and things, yeah. so we don't actually know what's in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you maybe want to find out what's in your food, yeah. but a lot of the people who don't have kids just grab things on the go. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, "Oh, I'll pop to our cafe, eat yeah, yeah. on the way home from work. We'll have a meeting or whatever." And so, uh, and then there's other people that are just rushing to and from different parts of their life, just grabbing things on the go, never truly digesting properly. But I look at like my childhood, and you know, we. I mean, my mum didn't drive until she was in her thirties. We those kids were a bit older. You know, my my mum had me when she was twenty one, mm. which was kind of a norm for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we we only had the one car that my dad would take when he was at work. So if my mum wanted to go to a big shop supermarket, we had to walk quite far. She would take it like a, you know she'd have a trolley thing. Or yeah. When you know some of my siblings were young, we would load up a pram underneath. Mm. With stuff, but like it would be once a week shop because, or we would wait for the car and do a once a week shop. So my mum had to cook all the meals for the rest of the week with what was purchased what, yeah. on that shopping trip. You mm. couldn't just pop about willy nilly. So everything yeah. was planned, and that's why, yeah, like for my generation, you know, a lot of people, you guys might be the same. You had certain days which were certain meals. Yeah, yeah. You just, uh, you just reminded me of yeah. We had, uh, you know, the fridge magnets. So no. you had the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You had you knew what you were going yeah, to have. You knew what you were going to eat, and we, it was almost the same weekly for us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, Tuesday might be say, you know, I'm not sure if it was like your rice and like, yeah, you know, like Sunday dinner was always Sunday dinner, like you know, roast dinner mm. where we would all sit definitely around the table, um, which actually dissipated as we got older because everyone trying to get like older teenagers <laughs> around the table when everyone. Oh yeah. Know, and live their life, especially if they're hungover and stuff, or rugby or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, but uh, it used to be a big thing, and I do kind of still like that because that's your weekly debrief, your every daily debrief. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, but you could only cook what was in the, the house. Yeah. So you couldn't sort of stay. It's like it's like meal prep without actually doing the prepping of a meal. Yeah. You knew yeah. what you were having. You could plan your, you know, your week was planned. Well, I think it's so it's important. I mean, that's what we tell clients is like plan it because it makes your shopping easier as well it's generally cheaper and budgeting yeah 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 you're like budgeting <laughs> um and well, we're planning the planning side is also good for like there's nothing and i do this all you know i've done this all the time quite a lot in my life nothing worse than going to a supermarket hungry oh, oh yeah when you get home and you look at what you've actually bought and, like, and it's just chunk it's all uh, like rubbish yeah because like, you know, your you know your your hunger levels affect your choices and I, I think it's like you say, it's different when you have kids. Because um, like even us now, like we're on 
you know, we just bulk cook and then, you know, to kind of take what we want. We don't necessarily eat together. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But I think it's such a nice thing, like, when you have kids to do that. Because like uh, that's becomes... how we grew up as well. Like, we yeah. always had, you know, meals as a family. And it's, I just think it teaches important lessons from a young this. age. Mm-hmm. We thought that it's the reason we would talk about French, because cats' DNA is actually very Southern European French, mm. Italian, you know. She, um, you know, so she was adopted when she was a young baby. So she hasn't really known much about her family outside. So she mm. went on 23 me years ago. And, yeah. you know, she's very got a lot of Southern European. And, and yeah, you know, and we were saying, well, maybe, you know, you, you would suit, like, not like eating like French food and skipping meals, but, a, you know, more Mediterranean mm. food. And she likes certain things more than, say, I do. Like, mm. you know, she loves mackerel. I, I eat mackerel. Oily fish. She loves oily fish. And, all that sort of stuff. Very sort of Mediterranean. She naturally likes a Mediterranean diet. Yeah. I don't know if that's sort of some sort of genetic inheritance yeah, yeah. or if it's just taste. Who yeah. knows? But the fact is, you know, we, we've said, like, you know, we should maybe look at that. But problem with it is, you know, if you everyone ate to their own way, you, you end up having to cook three different meals. So yeah. it's kind of, we were discussing about prepping and bulking. She wants to drop some body fat for a 30th birthday next year. Yeah. And I was like, well, we can get it done. You know, um, you know, we can do it. We can do, you know, whatever. My main goal is to be able to go braless because she's got big boobs. So like, you know, <laughs> so she, it was only one time in her life she's ever been able to do that. And it was when she was really lean yeah. for a bit. She, and she loved it. She's like, oh, I can actually not have to wear a bra and go out and, Wear different tops and stuff, so um, so that's her goal essentially to be able to. Oh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> well, because she's fed up, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. having to wear bras all the time, mm-hmm. her whole life since she was like yeah. a teenager. Yeah. So yeah, and I get it. So we're like, okay, so we're prep, we're prep food, and when we talk about what about Kaya, I said, look, not being funny. If we're eating good, healthy prep meals, there's no reason Kaya can't have a prep meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just, you know, we just have to make three times the amount. Yeah, for everyone. <laughs> and like Kaya's, you know, she's not a small child, like she's tall and everything else. So, you know, her calorie consumption should be relatively high anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we shouldn't, like, the people who restrict kids' calories. And she's crazy, active. Right? Mm. And she's active. She's yeah. growing all the time. And, yeah. You know, she's a preteen, mm-hmm. a lot of hormone building, so she needs good fat. She, yeah. Her problem is she doesn't like fish or seafood. I don't know if that's because she doesn't like it or it's because her mum doesn't like it. I don't know. But. She won't eat it. Um, yeah. You know, I once tried to convince her, you know, these fish, fish nugget things were chicken nuggets. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, she was like, I'm not sure. About like, we had like zero fish. Like, she she, yeah. she sussed me. Now she doesn't trust the thing I say. <laughs> so I'm like, I blew that one. Um, but yeah, because I do want her to eat fish because it's good for you. But um, so yeah, so yeah, we're just trying to discuss. We've been discussing prep meals we should do and you know but stuff like you can be, make big batches of them like you know for me it's easy you know but everyone gets bored of them. you know I'm like there's a reason I make just like two or three types of meal like, because it's easy I can make a big pan of it done yeah know, big pan of rice done easy for me and like, oh, yeah, it's just like boring eating over a chili or a curry or whatever yeah. I'm like well yeah but like, it's, yeah, it's got a kilo of chicken in it it's got but can tomatoes in it, and I can do those on the 
thing and I've yeah. got the recipes already planned on my fitness pal so I just thought so I was just it, yeah. and there we go but the fact is yeah we're going to look at some different recipes and you know maybe one of them would be one of mine and yeah we'll try and work out the like, macro splits and anywhere we need to make them up we can make them up with like yeah, sort of snack meals like yeah. pre-post training extras like yeah just had a protein yogurt yeah because my protein needs are higher so you know that's the thing like Kai will have a protein shake for breakfast with a breakfast usually you know something I've sort of drilled into kind of a need when you're growing for high protein mm. and how protein satiates you especially when you're about to go to school you know too many breakfasts are carb based mm-hmm. so you know you will get a crash whilst at school like that's why kids mid-morning at school kids are dropping like flies and they're all like grouchy and tired yeah and sleepy you know, <laughs> you know, and then same with the afternoon because we have like relatively high carbs for lunch, lunch you know. so but yeah I'm not too worried about that we kind of like what she does at school but our evening meal and breakfast like I can control a bit more and you know, she's not too fussed. Like, you know, lunch we make relatively, yeah, we put fruit and stuff in the thing, but also, you know, protein yogurts, but also, you know, um, little snack cereal bar type things and, you know, a sandwich, but she only likes, like, be dull having cheese type sandwiches. Yeah. So. Yeah. Covers all the macros. <laughs> it's funny uh, when you mentioned the genetics thing because I was talking with a friend uh, yesterday and uh, mm. we were talking about like the Kikuyu diet where mm. <laughs> they find it sort of hard to lose fat and stuff. But And we were just saying if you look at all over Kenya culturally, like Luya's, you know, we're known for chicken, Luo's fish. And then when you look at like a Kikuyu meal, it's rice with cabbage, with potatoes, with beans, and peas, <laughs> and then you know, meat is like three pieces, barely even 50 grams of protein. And then it's like you can see what you know, high carb, high fat diets have done for centuries. And you can even compare with different people from different areas, like you said, you know, French are lean because maybe I guess high, higher protein, moderate fats. And, and even in Kenya, you can see how people are built and you you can trace it back to the diet and how it's I mean, affected genetics. We did a study genetics. with like the Inuits in, I think, Canada. Yeah. And they were looking at their diet because traditionally when you're in the Arctic, mm. like during their winter months, they have a lot higher food mm. and they put on body fat relatively easily because they need to get that insulation. Yeah. And then comparing those people when they're put in a city with fast food and everything else and how much fat they put on, because their bodies are predisposed to putting on fat for insulation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's not much fatty stuff available to them in the summer, the yes. Inuit, like traditional Inuit lands. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to go out and hunt with the, you know, the elk or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we save the fat then for the winter. So during the summer, we have quite lean. And so we have this cycle. But yeah. when you put the same people into a situation where there's convenience food. High fat, fast yeah, foods, yeah. High fat, high carbs. Their bodies just store its fat almost straight away. Mm. Like their insulin responses are different because genetically they're made to survive mm-hmm. in this cold, harsh mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And you see it even with North Europeans where it's a lot easier to put on body fat because... You know, there's colder months. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. It takes, you know, a long time to get out of these sort of 
dietary habits. I mean, certain people, like, if you look at people growing up in deserty conditions, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's no need to have body fat. Because you would just be hot all the time. Yeah, you know, unlike if you go to Dubai nowadays or, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They you are. see all the rich Middle Eastern guys, big bellies. But traditionally, when they were, like, Bedouins and stuff still, you know, having to survive in hot climates, mm. they were a lot slimmer. Yeah. It just shows you know you put in people into long environments, the health changes, you know, um, and that's the thing. You know, the diversity goes to local selection and yeah. everything else. And I do think you, know, you see it very much. You know, you can spot it on holiday where people are from. Yeah, <laughs> so, you, know, you can you can just spot it. Yeah. I suppose that's why you look at a country like America. You know, it's because it's not a very old country, or it is, but like but. USA isn't very old. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at the people and go, they're from all over the world, but now there's like, you know, there's all sorts of bloodlines. Lots of mix, yeah, yeah. You know, the different food going in and the convenience. That's why they have like the highest obesity issue in the world. True, true, true. No, it's. I think it's absolutely fascinating to look at Mm. it from, you know, your evolutionary perspective, and you know, it's it's like when you look at. you know, Pacific Islanders, you know, yeah. they are generally pretty big and like mm-hmm. you say, just predisposed to putting on, you know, body fat. So I think it, you know, not that you can blame, you know, don't blame no, no, your no. genetics, yeah. but it's, it's just, it is, uh... you know, work with them. Exactly. Your genetics aren't a problem. It's because you're, yeah. you are yeah. fighting against them. You are doing the opposite of what your genetics yeah. want to do. Yeah. You know, they're there to make you survive in, a, in harsh climates. In your, yeah, your environment. You're actually in control of what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's what they say, like, you know, um, what was it, environment, pull, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger, you know, and it's 100%. it's it's so 100%. true with, with everything. And, you know, that's why it is, again, useful to know, like, oh, do I tolerate carbs so oh, well? Yeah. Oh, probably not. Maybe this is why. Or... You 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 kind of know when you know you're someone who just puts on body fat really really quickly. So it's, I think yeah, it's it's interesting to take that into account. I think we're gonna to have to change the uh, title of this podcast. <laughs> well, I know we've just gone completely off topic. We were going to discuss, but yeah, oh, yeah. just no. things we you know I picked up on holidays. Yeah. Like you can spot where people are from yeah. just by looking at them. You know. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting because when people see Leon, they never think he's Kenyan. Nope. They always think he's like West African. And I think it's again like, oh. yeah, I mean, from Western, there is that, that higher protein diet. So you can just see it. Like when we went there last year, all those guys are buff. I mean, and well, it's not like they're going oh, yeah. to the gym. And they're, li- <laughs> and they're not lean. lean. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of my staff have always been Luyas or Luas from Western. And they've all been relatively muscular. Yeah, just... They may be a bit fatter, like, some of them moved to Nairobi and stuff, but when they're, yeah. like, they're from eating, like, high fish, high mm-hmm. chicken diets, you know, they are all got a relatively decent amount of natural muscle. And, you know, I always laugh when Chris, like, our sort of caretaker at the farm, he's working, he's got relatively big arms, shoulders. Yeah. Like, you know, nowadays has a bit of a belly, but generally he's... He's built for, you know, built with quite a bit of muscle from, like, you know, growing up in, in Western, you know. Yeah, and and uh, also, like, when you go clear, so it's not it's not like here where, okay, you know, I'm portioning out, guys eat like it's the end of the world. 
and this are lean guys obviously farming working pulling stuff yeah, that's the point it's like There's physical labor yeah. goes with that, yeah and it's when it's eating time everyone's eating together and they're not eating you know it's like oh i'm just having my small piece of <laughs> well if you want like, to see ripped people yeah have a look at fishermen mm-hmm. well, either lake victoria even lake Naivasha. Mm. yeah all those guys are ripped that's because that's where physical manual work and all we eat really is that fish yeah because uh my mom's yeah. now from the lakeside and yeah. i remember visiting and trying to pull that net yeah. People think yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah, it's like woo, fishing, throw, hard work, no, commercial it, fishing, yeah, hard work. and they're doing it. You know, you're pulling, pulling, yeah. and it's hours. You've woken up it, early. By hand. Yeah. If you look at like big fishing, right, then that's bigger. Yeah. They have winches. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to pull. <laughs> yeah. But in Kenya, more, especially the lakes, they're doing it by hand. Yeah. You know, and the guys are doing it. You know, chatting like. I yeah. guess functional so they're used to it you've grown up you started doing it at eight you're 20 and it's a family business and and it's like we've said it's that's the environment it's the same fish you're going to eat with a lot of greens and i guess touch like uh, you know from uh, like western side so kisumu and uh, uh, my dad's side kakamega they we call mm. rice a snack, like rice is not food. <laughs> They're like, this is too, in an hour, I, you know, I'll be hungry. So it's ugali. Well, that's the thing, because it, it goes through, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you've, and, and I guess it's not a higher carb source compared to rice. So you find the yeah, meals ugali are, is not, no, not yeah, so you find it's high protein, uh, so many veggies, and then, you know, it, it's ugali. And there's like, the the carb intake compared to the protein is the ratio I'd say is even two yeah. to one. And I think you see the same sort. Of, you go up to Eldoret places, mm-hmm. you'll see, you know, you'll see everyone's quite yeah. You know, yeah, they're you quite. You can go up the Rift Valley, lean people. You can tell Eldoret, Bacot, <laughs> you know, Chicanan people. You know, you'll be pastoralists who have a lot of like milk in their diet. You yeah. know, which is a big protein source. We own high garbage yeah. women. They're also very active people. So, you know, meats with that, beans, you know, and very varied sort of sources. Yeah. But all whatever with Valley. And, um, you know, you get to the real pastoralists, you know, where they're pretty much living on, the, you know, on what's available around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Maasai, that's just, yeah, you know. Like the Maasai, yeah. I mean, if really also traditional blood and, yeah. blood and milk. But, but you see what happens to a massa used to keep in the Oh, yeah, game. when they come. They get, quick. yeah, they put on body fat quick. They get really yeah. fat quickly, yeah, because mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not built for that diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? True, true, true. So, it's, so, yeah, so that's something I just noticed whilst I was on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about training. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, like, let's start the podcast. We, we, then, okay, we'll start the podcast now. <laughs> training. Training when you get back from a holiday, because I think that's what I know, like, well, you know, most of my clients are women and they beat themselves up so much, you know, when they come back from holiday. Um, And it's, you know, you really don't need to. So what, so tell us kind of like how you prepare for like going on holiday and then what did you do when you got back? And I said before podcasts on this holiday, prior to going, I, I trained my like all the way through six sessions on a trot, no rest days, um, knowing that I was just gonna take a week off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you know, and I, I, I normally do this on my deload. I tell you know, 
I tell clients I'm, you know, I'm happy to do either with them. If they feel they need to be trained for mental health reasons, I say yeah. train, go light. Um, if you are properly knackered, have a week off. So I push myself to the point where, yeah, not quite fatigued, but, you know, would be if I did maybe another session or even took just one rest day and went back to training, I would have been pretty fatigued. So having a week off just where I was walking and, and being active and, you know, maybe, you know, well, we didn't really go to the pool too many kids, but we stuck our legs in the pool. <laughs> um, you know, we went into a river. Um, but, yeah, you know, these sort of things where, you know, we were just relatively active the whole time. And we were looking at um, where, you know, I was looking at, like, do I need to train? No, I do not. Am I going to be even stressed about training? No, I'm not. I'm just going to not even, like, there's been some times where, I, you know, especially if I'm prep, I will book my holiday round what gym facilities are available or hotels. Yeah. Which is fine where, like, for work travel and stuff, I had to do that because, you know, that, you know, when you're on prep, you know, you kind of got to make it work anyway. But if it's just like lifestyle type thing or off season, you're better off for me taking a week off, enjoy your holiday. And I say this to clients every time, remain active, as active as you want to be, don't beat yourself up and train when you're back. Now, most times I say don't rush into it. Treat the first week back almost like a deload. Yeah. Ease yourself into it. That, and that, but I say that, and then myself, I was raring to go training <laughs> today. I was like, I was, you know, driving home, you know, from France yesterday. I was going, can't wait to train. And so I went to the gym early this morning, hitting PRs, you know, but not intentionally. I didn't set out to go in and go heavy. You know, what I was doing was I was actually just feeding my way through the session. I, it was uh, The session took me a lot longer than it normally would because I did a lot more sort of warm-up gentle sets to try and work out how I was feeling, mm. a bit more warming up. And then, you know, just the weights just kept feeling a bit too light, wasn't feeling any sort of pump resistance going in, no stretch attention so I was like oh, I'll just keep adding I feel really strong today and I was I was much stronger because of having the break a week off you know I was able to get PRs on everything so and for me that was a case of yeah also I didn't you know I changed up from which way around doing exercises just because the gym was relatively busy and I was like normally I keep to the same routine but I was like oh, this is no pressure it was no pressure session yeah just gonna enjoy it take my time and yeah that's it and similar to what I say to clients I go you know just get back into the gym go light no stress not trying to hit any PRs feel your way back through and that maybe as a week goes on build up the intensity but don't go back trying to go in where you left off. Yeah, yeah that should yeah, be your yeah. intention. If you, if you end up there, that's fine. But that shouldn't be your intention. Yeah, I think those are really great tips, and especially like just take an extra long warm up. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's really useful. Just like you say, just feeling it out. Like, how am I actually feeling? Like, if you're feeling good, go for it. But you know, if, if it's a bit like, oh, I'm still a bit, maybe you've got jet lag or. Yeah. if you're on your period or yeah, anything pee. like that like, yeah. you know, especially like people who have kids and stuff holidays can actually be super tiring 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially for, say, a lot of Kenyan families who may have an ayah at home. When you travel without that ayah, suddenly you're doing, you're picking up all the extra jobs. Yeah. And yeah, that can be very tiring. I've had clients say that, like, they've been on holiday and they have more time than when we left. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't rush back to get the training, get back into your normal routine. But like, say, for instance, I was doing shoulder press, I was like, oh, my shoulder feels a little bit tighter. So what I do is I'll just keep warming it up. I'll, I'll switch out my exercise for the moment, do some more warm-ups on my shoulders, then go back to it and see how it feels. And it was fine after that. It was just, you know, from probably sitting in the car, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit stiff. So I just had to warm it up and move the joint a bit. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it's gauging. And it's a lot of what we talk about is gauging how you feel and being very good at reading your own biofeedback because it's you know it's easy just to try and do what everyone else does but it's not necessarily what's best for you yeah no exactly and i think yeah treating it like a a deload week is is really useful and especially if you've come back into a new program or you're just feeling it out and sometimes like I know a lot of people have like a mental block about getting back into the routine of training. So I think like what you did, Andy, is like a no pressure session. Like, okay, you don't have to follow everything, you know, X, Y, Z like this, you know, just have a bit of fun as well. And yeah, I've got another client who's had a big break and she's like, I just can't, you know, the mental block to get back is, is it's, it's real. So I was like, just look, tell yourself like sometimes an hour or an hour and a, but it just seems too daunting. I'm like, just go in, you know, do a nice warm up. Just do one set of everything. Oh yeah. Like, don't stress about it being perfect. Like in our previous episode, well, a few ago, like the best approach to building muscle. Like, you can't always just follow the, you know, the science with it. Sometimes you've just got to really. Yeah. It's that mental game. So if you do have a block about getting back, you know, you play mind games with yourself. Like, just enjoy it and. I really find like once you're actually in the gym, you're like, oh no, this is great. Yeah, I can do, you know, yeah. I can do what. I... But the mind block it's never is. Yeah. I understand it, you know, and I understand especially when we're talking about progressive overload as well, because you always want to be better than the last time, but you put yourself under pressure. Yeah, you know, for especially for a lot of new people to the gym. It's not, we've not built these lasting habits yet. We might have built yeah. these almost temporary habits where we go to the gym, but it's easy to get out of routine quite quickly and trying to get yourself back into it is like almost like starting again. So you should treat it almost like starting again. You know, on your first day of a gym, you don't go gun, all guns blazing. Yeah. You go in and slowly step back into it. And for a lot of people, that's how you've got to approach it because it's not a lifetime habit yet. For me, it's easy for me to step back into the gym. You know, I've been away holidays many, many times. You know, since I started lifting weights at thirteen or whatever. And you know, for me, you know, I go to the gym. I generally feel better when I go to the gym, and I know this. So therefore, driving back last night, I go, "Oh, I can't wait to go to the gym." I enjoy being in the gym. Yeah. And I enjoy the training. So therefore, for me, it's like getting back favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. For other people, we don't see it like that. We see it as like, all right, I'm trying to achieve this end result, but not necessarily haven't fallen in love with the process mm-hmm. of getting there. Yeah. For them, it's about rebuilding that habit to help them progress towards that goal. 
I always say to him, like, you know, with holidays, I go, no. They go, oh, but I'm going to do this, I'm going to be back at square one. I go, no, you already yeah. made so much progress. Yes, it's like, it feels like a step back, but actually what you find is, and I've had this happen loads of times on, especially to women on holiday, where we go away, don't do anything, maybe swim a little bit in the pool, come back, and we drop loads of weight. I'm like, that's just a stress. Mm-hmm. You know, you're carrying a lot of, you know, cortisol, water weight, just stressing. And, you know, by going away, you've allowed your body to actually process things properly, you've rested, yeah. you know, and your body's actually dropped body fat because you've allowed it to do what it's meant to do properly. And yeah, which I... is best to recover. And like you say, everyone's like, oh, I'm back to square one. Like, it might feel that way, but I don't think you're, you're ever back at square one. Um, you know, because, I mean, muscle memory, it, it is a thing. You know, you yeah. might you might feel a bit weaker, but, you know, that strength, it will come back. Like, back everything quick. that you did prior is not a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. Like, the routines, the habits, you know, the foundation of both cardio fit, you know, cardiovascular fitness and muscle... It's still there, you know. Never, just, never you feel lose, it's a waste. You just lose that sarcophasmic pump. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like even I know someone like that. Yeah, so I feel, like, oh, I feel a little bit not as yeah, you know, not as jacked as I could be. <laughs> but I was like, well, yeah, but you know, since I get into the gym, yeah, you do, you know, you warm up, and by the end of it, you're a pump again. You're like, oh, okay, fine. And that's the thing. It's just, it's just blood and fluid in the muscles. You know, if you built muscle tissue properly, that's not going anywhere. Yep. You know, unless you're in a full-on coma. I always say this to people. You go, oh, I'm going to lose my gains. You go, well, are you going to be in a coma? <laughs> because, like, literally not moving. Because that's what it takes to, 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 to lose, lose gains in a yeah. short period of time. You know, if, you know, yes, you can lose gains over a longer period. of, But it's still hard. Like, a lot of these guys who, for instance, a lot of bodybuilders who stop training on a downsize have to give up all training, start eating tiny amounts. Yeah, for a long time. Because even moving day to day has some sort of muscular output. Yep. You know, and the bigger, the more muscle you carry, the more the output is. So it becomes, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, you know, unless you're very inactive and you become a giant couch potato, you know, you, you will not get you know, eating like a thousand calories a day, you will struggle to, and this is what happens to people when we do detrain is because they've like, literally done that. They've gone skipping meals to suddenly, you know, and being inactive. Yeah. And that's when we get detrained. But if you are someone who's had a relatively active holiday, splashing around kids, splashing around their pool, walking and stuff, your body's still like, oh, this person's active. Yeah, we need to keep this body ticking over. Yeah. You know, that's it. And I mean, I mean, it's the same, like even training during pregnancy, I've lost muscle mass, but it's like, you know, these things come back. They really do. And just the benefits of having a break, I think outweigh everything. And, you know, have you actually lost muscle mass or do you think you've lost volume within the fibers? There's a difference because yeah, I think it's hard to gauge, especially when you're pregnant, because there will be, you know, there's a strength reduction, which and if someone was eating properly and they had a strength reduction, I'd be like, well, there's potential you're losing muscle mass. Yeah. That's why you're 
but there's also review fatigue. Yeah. There's so many factors going into that. I'm just, yeah, I just don't know how easy it would be without doing muscular biopsies on yeah. pregnant women, which doesn't sound very ethical. I'll <laughs> 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 no. volunteer myself. Uh. No, but that's, that's an interesting question, actually. I think I think you're right. Like, it's not necessarily the muscle mass, but just the, no. that volume. Um, yeah, because, yeah, like, I can still see the muscle there, but it is just, like, flat. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's the thing because you've spent a lot of time building the muscle. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if you've actually lost any muscle mass. I think it'd just be the volumes because it doesn't need the same amount of mm. water, blood, yeah, yeah. glycogen because it's been used slightly it's going differently. Elsewhere. Most things mm. are going. Most things are going elsewhere, like especially the blood, yeah. glycogen. That's getting pumped into a placenta. You know, yeah. that is not yeah. needed in the muscles at the moment. Yeah. So it's easy to flatten out. Yeah. But I actually don't think the muscle's gone anywhere. No, that's, that's so true. Thanks well, for no. that, Andy, because my protein is still really high. No, muscle yeah. is secondary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. muscle is, yeah, body is like, no, this is not this is our, not... our priority. Yeah. But, you know, that that is yeah. that is really true. Because, I mean, I've, I've, I've only had a week off, I think, when we went on our honeymoon. That's it. Mm. I've still trained throughout. Um, but it's, again, it's... it's so much of it is that mental game, isn't it? Where you just, you, you, you're like, oh, I've lost all, you know, everything, everything's gone. And it's, it's just, and it's that's just... why you do need to have those conversations with yourself or have someone have them with you because yeah. the reality is it's never as bad as we ever think. Yeah. Yeah. I just having this conversation because Kat hasn't been to gym for a while. She's going, oh, it's going to be like starting again. I said, look, you already know how each of the equipment works. Yeah. Mm. You know, you're just more worried about, you know, people going, oh, she looks bigger than she did before. But that's life, you know. People yeah. change, and body shapes change, and yeah. but, you know, you go back to training, and everything bounces back quickly. You know, the big thing we were talking about was like with Kat, she's gone from very manual work, as it not manual work, but like very sort, of, you know, working in hotels and stuff. She was always on her feet in hospitality. Mm. She was working for uh, you know for the government now. She's a lot more sedentary. Yeah. And so we got some cycles for the desks. Because, you know, she was used to doing upwards of 20,000 steps a day. Yeah. Just at work. And I was like, so it's easier to maintain low body weight, body fat levels. You know, I have to keep saying to it, you know, body fat's just energy storage. And the fact is you were moving around a lot, your, your energy was always depleted. Mm. Yeah. With this, you just need to find a new way of, you know, shifting that excess energy, you know, and be it reduction of calories, you know. But I say not with you because she already doesn't eat that much. I'm like, with you, it's more about getting you moving more, oh, keeping your protein mm-hmm. high, moving more. And your body bounces back really quickly. Yeah, you know, you're still not even 30, so what are you worried about? You know, you've got all the time in the world. Oh to look however you want and anyone can look however they want you know fact is it's knowing what your body's been used to over years like, you know she you know she was a nurse then she left nursing to go into hospitality both jobs a lot of time yeah, up and about yeah on your feet like, yeah so she went hospitality nursing you know so she did all like restaurant stuff when she was a teenager went to college did nursing all very busy active jobs managing hotels and stuff well you know you know you work on camps you know on safari camps you're out there sorting problems <laughs> you're up and yeah. down checking on things always busy always always on your feet 
and to suddenly have a sort of a very since COVID a very sedentary thing that, you know that's a big change for the body and the body's like oh mm-hmm. yeah. so the only thing uh, you know a lot of people found this during COVID you know that sudden sedentariness yeah you know it was a big shock to a lot of bodies and they they stored more body fat than you would expect you know you didn't even need to change your diet yeah. you were just suddenly less active and you know and I think the same with a lot of people when they go on holiday they'll see more fluid weight it won't be body fat like you know so it's essentially but you're changing your diet you're not you know, if you have a very sedentary holiday, a lot of sunbathing, not much moving, eating, drinking, you are going to just have a lot of water retention, mm. a lot of fluid, you know. But as soon as you start moving, our bodies know where its homeostasis is. It knows where it wants to be. And it will get there. One way, by hook or by crook, Yeah, it will try and get you there if you give it the right, the right tools to do it with. Yeah, it's like um, I speak. I've spoken to a lot of guys who, you know, in the bulk phase, they they were bigger. They thought, you know, I'm jacked. And then they do a cut, and they're like super small. And you hear a lot of guys go like, ah, oh, you know, I just lost muscle. And it's like, no, no, no. Well, yeah. I had a, I have a cut. Like <laughs> We've been working together. Yeah. He thought he was quite big, and so he was about probably about. I don't know how, probably over 160, but quite flabby when I took him on. Smiley guy. I got him down to like 120s. Yeah. Lean. Now we're building him back up slowly, slowly, because, you know, one thing I've learned, especially with the Somali bodies, is if you push that food too quickly, they put on fat. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Again, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, from a very hot climate, you know. Yeah, like, it's true. So, you know, you need to really control, you know, the speed at which you push. And he's going up there. He's like, you know, 60 kgs, you know, looking, you know, well, well pumped up. Um, and the fact is, it's like, he realises now he never had that muscle yeah. to start with. <laughs> it's like... What he thought it was, you know, people were saying to him in the early days when he was wearing clothes, oh, you're looking, you know, oh, you're looking smaller, smaller, skinny. He's white. But every time he, you know, he posed in front of me, he realised actually, you know, it's just he never had the muscle to start yeah. with. And now he starts to see the change and the reality is you know if you can't flex it it's not muscle yeah you you you, you don't lose muscle <laughs> yeah. that easy even uh, even no. if it's during prep it's it takes very... a lot like you know we've got reason like we talk about bodybuilders losing muscle is because they're doing so much cardio we're eating suddenly so little compared to what we usually and they've got a lot of drugs in the system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know like different. things like clenbuterol and we're not talking about steroids are there to stop them from losing the muscle the mu- yeah 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 you know, You've got the T3, T4s, computerons, all these other things, you know, trying to get them to lose body fat. And it's trying to balance that for a lot of bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's when they might get. But we're talking you know, one, two pound, which can be a big difference on stage. But when we're talking general population clients, <laughs> yeah, you might lose one or two pound muscle, but it's like, on your physique, it's not noticeable. It's not, yeah, it exactly. It doesn't matter because... <laughs> We're trying to get that body fat off, which is more important. Yeah. We'll build you back up. And then from there on, you know, if you want to you want to do shows and stuff, it's different. It's like, yeah. This is why I always say to a lot of competitors, and I've got some, some girls like this, they always want to do prep, but they never want to do the off-season yep. with the coach. And they always stay the same. 
it always comes to start fresh. The best ones are the ones who've been with me through off seasons, and you're like, okay, so we know we can improve from show to show. Yeah. The ones who don't like to work with anyone on the off season because they don't like to have a regiment thing, they may no changes. But you know, if they're good, they continue to be good, but we won't take a step forward. Yeah, it's never never a big change. We don't know. We don't know what protein they're having in the off season. We don't know if they're having enough protein. We don't know what we don't know because they're not tracking anything. Yeah, and then prep, they just cut everything and increase cardio. That's it. (laughs) And yeah, so you know, and a lot come to you for you know prep, and you're like, okay. Um, what were you on stage last year? Okay, and you're pretty much the same again. Maybe a little less because they're a little bit tighter this year. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it may be, you know, you push the weight down a little bit more. So you're like, you know, especially with like bikini athletes, you've got to realize actually certain muscles are important. And having those, what you're not meant to do is go in flat because then you look terrible. So yeah. you've got to have a little bit of muscle to feed. If you haven't done the work in the off season, there's nothing to feed back but, up. Yeah, you look the same. You just look flat and small. Yeah. You know, that can make you look like you've not dieted enough, even when you have, because you've got nothing to feed up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. I was saying to a client yesterday, just, you know, as always, just having a basic understanding of how everything works. I think just it helps so much, you know, just knowing like, if you want to build muscle, the off season is super important. You know, if you go on holiday, understanding energy balance, a little bit of how hormones work, you know, a little bit about muscle memory, you know, you won't worry, you'll take so much of that worry away. Um, You know, when you have that basic understanding, I'm not saying you need a PhD, but you know, just Simple yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, simple. I had the client, uh, client do a check in the weekend. He just got back from holiday and I told him to go in easy. He said, oh, I was feeling strong, so I went for it, but it turned out to be a shitty session. I said, well, why was it shitty? He goes, well, I, I, you know, I did, you know, like, before holiday I was lifting this and now I'm hitting it. I said, well, there's so many factors involved. Let's just look at them. Are you more fatigued than last time? He goes, actually, yeah. <laughs> well, then no, I said, you're more fatigued than last time? Yeah, he goes, oh, yeah. That probably be it. I'm like, yes. I said, don't worry about the, <laughs> the thing. Yeah, that's why I say go back into it easy. You know, when you've been traveling, you are fatigued. If you've had lack of sleep, lack yeah. of, you know, many you things can yeah. affect your lifting in the gym. Yeah, especially if you were drinking on holiday, if you listened to the last yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, so, that's why we say go back in easy. Don't try and get any PRs. If you get them, great, but don't. That's not your goal. And yeah, I and mean, then I said that next week, you're, you're, we're guaranteed you're here PR. I've increased his inch training carbs anyway over the last couple of weeks. This is what I'm doing with a lot of clients. As I push their carbs up, I just push them up on the inches. Yeah. Up to a certain level, and then it'd be post, or pre even post. And yeah, you know, so enjoy the, the extra pumps at the moment yeah. in the gym. I'm like, yeah, yeah you go, see. Those yeah. inch carbs, they give you a good pump. Yeah. Like Superman. <laughs> I think that's like also like don't always think you're gonna come back feeling refreshed and hitting PRs. Like I had a client come back today. She just texted me. She's like, it was such a hard session. I thought it was gonna be so good. But she was like, yeah, I was also on my period as well. So it's like, oh yeah. Like, like, there, there you go. Like just you know, put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And and honestly, the main thing really is like listen to your body. 
um, and and just you know base it off that. Like even if your coach has given you a program, you don't have to follow it religiously. You know, just be, be have sensible. a conversation with your coach. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's like I'm sure most decent coaches will say, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, what's worse is if you don't tell your coach you're going on holiday. <laughs> yeah, be like, you know, you know, they don't know anything, and you're trying to follow a thing. I always say to my clients, they go on holiday. If you want to train on holiday, you can, but I'm not telling you to. Yeah. You have a choice to do whatever you want because it's mm. your holiday. Yeah. If you want a break from the family and spend an hour in the gym, it's up to you. Do that and just do light stuff. I said, you know, yeah. if that's what it's there for, if it's for a mental health thing and it's just a break from everything. Go do it. I'm, I'm all for that. I've done many holidays with gyms and enjoyed mm. it. You know, because you know it's a very me time. Yeah. Or you know, to that's do. Why I tend not to yeah. train with people because I like that me time. Yeah. And um, I say that to you know clients all the time. That if it's important to your mental health to train and have breaks away from, especially there's a lot of people that get very overwhelmed being in. You know, even family or group holidays, especially if you go on the bigger, like some of the in, you know Indian families, you know, go away together. Yeah. Have a lot of clients in those communities, and like that can be very overwhelming for a lot of people. There's mm. a lot of people there, you know, lots of noise, and sometimes you just need to break away from yeah, it when you're around. But you don't want to peer, <laughs> you don't want to peer route. So the gym's a good thing for that. So yeah. I'm just gonna go to the gym for an hour. We're like, okay. Most of them won't want to join you. So yeah, you'll be, right. you'll be alone. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah, and just go do what you want in the gym. I said, you know, follow a pro, follow a program. Don't follow a program. It doesn't. Just go in there, see what equipment there is. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy and treat it new. Enjoy the equipment. Go light because it's not the equipment you're used to, and you need to, you know, and you're on holiday, so just feel everything out. And that's always what I think it boils down to: feeling your body out and that biofeedback yeah. of it you can read from yourself yeah i like it con that's a good note to end and yeah we hope you've well we've we've been uh we've been all over the show with the uh conversation today but hopefully some very interesting yeah. bits and yeah again it's just know your body you know know the know the yeah just have a basic understanding of certain concepts and then that allows you to trust your body as well and not not sort of have these kind of mental blocks and if you do, those are normal as well. And there's just ways around them. Definitely. Yeah, on that note, I'm going to go and do my, my cardio for the day. And he's trained. What are you doing? Probably cardio. I'm, I'm tired. You're tired? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, yeah, probably just, just fatigue. Accumulated fatigue, so. Time for holiday. We've been, we've been talking about computers. He's going to be on his computer. Know, uh, no, Maybe. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do cardio first and listen to... Uh, Podcast. new trt podcast uh yeah, uh, yeah just uh been uh listening to a lot of men's health podcasts so yeah i'll i'll listen well, that's to the them. good thing about holiday i do like because me and, like cat likes to read a book yeah you know i yeah at the moment i tend to prefer to listen to stuff so i've just listened to a lot of po- so time to listen to a lot of podcasts we can sit together and have my headphones on to read a book yeah nice <laughs> great thing about holiday and a lot more learning yeah no it is it is it really is yeah so i hope you've all enjoyed that and we'll see you in our next episode